This um, week is a uh, week of uh, thanksgiving, remembering and being thankful for what God has blessed us with. And I, um, I read uh, a little deal the other day that, that stated that in this year, such a difficult and turbulent year, uh, it's very important for us to remember and to give thanks for what we do have. Uh, it seems like a year when so uh, many things have changed um, with uh, the virus and restrictions and all kinds of things that have occurred. Um, it seems like a rather challenging year. In Psalm chapter 107, God's Word reads as follows. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness by night. With the ten-string lute and with the harp, with the resounding music upon the lyre, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by what you have done. I will sing for joy at the works of your hands. Psalm 92, 1 through 4. Beautiful, beautiful passage of Scripture. Uh, uh, An encouragement for our faith and for our walk and for our relationship to the Lord. Thanksgiving is the aspect of praise that gives thanks to God for what He has done for us. And that's what that passage said. I give thanks to you. You have made me glad by what you have done, what you have accomplished in my life. Ideally, thanksgiving should spring from a grateful heart, but is required of all believers at all times. We should be thankful and appreciative. I I was reading um, a little bit of a history of our nation and read about a man by the name of Robert Cushman. Robert Cushman was an important leader and organizer of the Mayflower Voyage to America and uh, in 1620, serving as chief agent in London for the Lydian Separatist contingent from 1617 to 1620, and later for the Plymouth Colony until his death in 1625. He wrote a letter to his friends, and I want you to listen to the words of this letter. There are things in here that I believe describe where some folks are today in life. This is what he says. My most kind remembrance of you and your wife, with loving E.M., and and he goes on to list some names, whom in this world I never look to see again. Now, there's the first thing, is, is obviously he is in a very distressed situation, whom in this world I never look to see again. For besides the imminent dangers of this voyage, which are no less than deadly, an infirmity of body has seized me, which will not in all likelihood leave me till death. In other words, he says, I've become sick. And, and the sickness is a sickness that I believe... You know, I feel is, is going to be with me till I die. What to call it, I know not. But it is a bundle of lead, as it were, crushing my heart 
more and more these 14 days. As that, although I do the actions of a living man, yet I am but as dead. But the will of God be done. Friend, if ever we make a plantation, God works a miracle, especially considering how scant we shall be of victuals. In other words, he says we're running out of food. And if we ever ever make it to a plantation, if we ever make it uh, to, to what we envisioned and what we saw, it'll be a miracle of God. And most of all, ununited amongst ourselves and devoid of good tutors and regiment. In other words, he says there's division coming up among us. There's a shortness of food. There's illness. There's danger. There's all this division that's coming up among us. Violence will break all. If I should write to you all things which promiscuously forerun our ruin, I should overcharge my weak head and grieve your tender heart. In other words, if I told you everything that's going on, if I were to reveal to you everything that we're experiencing, he said it would be too much for me and too much for you. Only this. I pray you prepare for evil tidings of us every day. But pray for us instantly. It may be the Lord will be yet entreated one way or another to make for, all, for us. I see not in reason how we shall escape even the gaspings of hunger starved persons. It is evident as he writes this letter that he is overwhelmed with the life around him. He's overwhelmed with the danger that he's facing. He's overwhelmed with hunger. He's overwhelmed with sickness. He's overwhelmed with with distress. He's overwhelmed with uncertainty of the future. But if you listen in the midst of that, he said, there could be a miracle of God. He said, I want you to pray for us. God might yet have some mercy for us. And so even in the midst of all of his distress, even in the midst of all of his his uncertainty and, and the difficulties and challenges that he's facing, he still holds out some hope that God might do some miracle or some amazing, incredible thing in his life. I think about that letter written all the way back in, in the 1600s. And, and so many of those things are, are familiar to where we find ourselves today with the illness and the division and the problems and the issues and the uncertainty of the future. And I think in the midst of that, how do we have thanksgiving? How do we celebrate and give thanks for what God has done for us, through us, and in us? And so today, I, I look to God's Word, and I want us to look at, at four instances in God's Word where there was cause for thanksgiving and let us learn from those how we can be thankful in our life at this time of year. First one comes from Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, there is this great story about Jesus and He's transitioning and He's moving from one place to another. In verse 11 it says this, While He was on the way to Jerusalem, He was passing between Samaria and Galilee, and He came to a certain town. Now it doesn't tell us what town it was. But it says that He approached the town that there were some lepers 
who were outside of the city and they stood at a distance and that was required because of the leprosy that they bore in their body that they were separated from their families, from their community, from society, that they were unacceptable. If anyone passed close to them, the law said that they had to cry out, unclean, unclean, so that people would know for fear that they might contact that which they had. (laughs) Sound familiar? (laughs) Sounds a little bit like our world today, doesn't it? Uh, Unclean, unclean. We, We don't want anybody to contact what you've got, right? And so here are these men, and they cry out, Lord, have mercy on us. Jesus says, tell you what, just go show yourself to the priest. Go present yourself to the priest. Now, the indication of what Jesus says is, let him verify that you're okay. Because that's what they would have done if if there had been some healing or some recovery or, or some opportunity for them to enter back into life and society they would have had to go to the priest and the priest would have had to have deemed them clean or okay for them to return to normal life. So Jesus says, you just go ahead and go present yourself to the priest. Well, here's the interesting thing. No question, no exchange. The the Scripture doesn't identify anything else except for off they went to, to present themselves to the priest. Along the way, they realized that they had been cleansed that they had been healed. Their leprosy was gone and that everything had returned to their previous health and condition. And upon that realization, the Scripture says that, that this happened. Listen to verse 15. Now, one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back. Isn't that interesting? Ten lepers, all experiencing the exact same thing Only one of them turned back. One of them turned back, it says, and glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. The first thing that I want us to see and recognize today is that true, genuine thankfulness leads us to worship brings us to the feet of Jesus to praise and exalt who He is and what He has done in our life. Ten men, all leper. Jesus says, go present yourself to the priest. One, upon realizing His healing, turns back and He comes to what? Worship Jesus. He fell at His feet. With a loud voice he praised who he was because he had healed and and restored and cleaned and cleansed his life and he worshipped Jesus for what he had done. True thanksgiving, genuine thankfulness from our heart leads us or generates in our life genuine worship. Worshipping God for what he has done. Celebrating him for his power and his presence in our lives. Second thing I want us to see is Luke chapter 19. There is a little guy by the name of Zacchaeus. Interesting fellow, isn't he? Scripture says that as a tax collector and somewhat uh, an outcast in his society that Jesus was coming by, but because he was small in stature, he couldn't see. Couldn't see over the crowd. And so the Scripture says that he rushed on ahead in the direction that Jesus was going, and he climbed up into a tree 
so that he could look down and see Jesus as he passed by. In other words, he needed to get up a little bit higher in order to see over the crowd. And the Scripture says that as Jesus was approaching, that he stopped and he looked up in the tree. And what did he say? Zacchaeus, come down. Because I must eat at your house today. Now, I think that's an interesting phrasing. You know, is there not any place else Jesus could eat? Jesus said, I must eat at your house today. It's a, a full expectation. And so we know, if we read on in the story in Luke chapter 19, that Zacchaeus does come down from the tree, that they do go to his house to eat. And in the midst of that, Zacchaeus stopped. And this is what he said to the Lord. Behold, Lord, half of every possession I will give to the poor. Half of everything that I have, I'm going to give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone, well, that's an interesting thing because we know that he had. If I had defrauded anyone anything, I will give back four times as much. True thankfulness causes or generates us or leads us to change. Zacchaeus had changed. He wasn't the greedy, money-hungry, cheating guy that he was before. He had encountered Jesus. Jesus said, I must go to your house to eat today. And as he came down and they were journeying together, his encounter with Jesus had led him to change his life. And he said, half of everything I have, I'm going to give to the poor. And if I've defrauded anyone, anything, I will give back four times as much as what I took from them that was illegal for me to take, that I defrauded or cheated them. And so he had changed his heart. He had changed his mind, his way of thinking. True thankfulness, true true appreciation and gratitude for what God has done leads us to change. We don't just say, hey, thank you, God, for what you've done, and go right back to living life the way we've always lived life. When we truly experience thanksgiving, when we truly have gratitude in our heart for what God has done for us, it leads us to change our life. I'm going to live differently than I did before out of gratitude and thankfulness for what God has done for me in my life. So, so it leads us to worship. It leads us to change. I want you to see this third one. It's very powerful. All the way back in the Old Testament Scripture, 2 Samuel chapter 23. If you're writing these down or turning there, you can. And, and so this has to do with the mighty men of David. They were at war with the Philistines. They had taken Bethlehem, and David was camped outside of the city. So they had been expelled from the city because the city was under siege and and captive. And David had a a, a craving, and he said, Oh, that someone would give me water to drink from the well of Bethlehem, which is by the gate. So the three mighty men broke through the camp of the Philistines. And drew water from the well of Bethlehem, which was by the gate, and took it and brought it to David. Nevertheless, he would not drink it, but poured it out to the Lord. And he said, Be it far from me, O Lord, that I should do this. Shall I drink the blood of the men who went in jeopardy of their lives? Therefore he would not drink it. These things the three mighty men did. True thankfulness. They They were thankful for David, their king, their leader, who was committed to the Lord. 
They had gratitude in their heart for the, the leadership that He had given them, the direction that He had taken them, and it led them to what? Action. They took action. David said, man, if I just had some of the water from the well of Bethlehem by the gate, that would just... Just, just would give such strength to my soul. And these three guys, he didn't ask anybody to do it. He just said, if I just had that. And they said, hey, then let's get it done. Then let's go. And they broke through the, the enemy lines of the Philistines. They went to the well and they drew the water and they came back and they gave it to their king. Led them to action. I wonder, in our thankfulness, in our gratitude for what God has done for us in our life, do we just sit back and enjoy it and say, thank you, we appreciate it so much, or does it lead us to any type of action? We're going to make changes in our life, we're going to worship Him, but, but are we going to do something? Are we going to get involved? Are we going to take action? I, I mean, these are guys that, that they took some action. I mean, they attacked the enemy and they went behind enemy lines and they gathered the water and they brought it back to David. It, it, it motivated them to do something out of gratitude and thankfulness. Fourth and final thing I want us to see this morning, Luke chapter 7. We began in Luke. We're going to get, jump back to Luke a little bit earlier. Beginning in verse 36. And so there was a woman. The Scripture defines her as a sinful woman. And it says this about her in Luke chapter 7, beginning of verse 36. So she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And kept wiping them with the hair of her head. And kissing his feet and anointing them with the perfume. Now, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he said to himself... If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who is touching him and that she is a sinner. You see, I think genuine thanksgiving and gratitude leads us to sacrifice. This woman had made an incredible sacrifice of the jar of perfume. She had made a very personal sacrifice of her humility, kneeling at the feet of Jesus, wetting His feet with her tears, wiping His feet with her hair. She was saying to Him, thank You. Thank You for all that You have done. Thank You for being who You are. Thank You for Your blessing. Thank You for Your mercy. Thank You for Your grace. And she was sacrificing her own humility, her own life, she was sacrificing a perfume of value in order to say to Him, thank you. So, so our gratitude, our thankfulness, uh, the appreciation of our heart for what God has done for us in our life, it leads us in our life, it, it, it causes us in our life to worship Him. It causes us to change who we are and how we live and the things that we do. It causes us to take action in our life. And it causes us to be willing to make sacrifice in our life. I know these are difficult times. They're challenging. Things are, are not the same as they used to be. And we are living in a very different time today than ever before. And sometimes that can be discouraging. Sometimes that can be difficult. Sometimes it can cause us to question a lot of things in our life. 
But I believe this morning we, we have a real reason to be thankful. We have a, a real reason to express our gratitude to God for, for what He has done for us in His grace and mercy and forgiveness. And so the question this morning as we approach this week of Thanksgiving is simply this. How do you say thank you? How do you say thank you to your Lord for His grace, for His mercy, for His forgiveness, for His provision, for His presence, for His power, for His promise of eternity in the kingdom of heaven? How, how do you say thank you? Because that's what this time in our life and in our year and it's all about. It's about saying thank you for all that you've done for us through a changed heart, a changed attitude, a, a changed way of living, through genuine worship as we do here today in each Lord's Day as we meet and each day in your life. Do we say, say thank you by taking action on the things that God would want us to do and the expectation do we commit to our Lord that, that we would be willing to make a sacrifice? for everything that He's done out of pure gratitude and thankfulness that we would sacrifice to Him because of the sacrifice He's made for us. How do we say thank you for all that He's done? And so as we prepare for invitation this morning and we prepare to go home to our homes this week and we prepare to experience and celebrate thanksgiving. Let's ask ourselves the question, how do I say thank you to my Lord for all that He's done for me in my life? And let's take the opportunity to do that this week. If there's a decision on your heart this morning, won't you come as we stand and we sing?